This is an ABC podcast. Hello, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Shake Up on Hack. You've got a front row seat to the best podcast out there right now, according to to me. And hey, it's a lot cheaper than going to a Taylor Swift concert. I'll tell you that. Look, I hope you've had a good week. You've smashed through it. It has been a rough time for a lot of people across the country, especially those in flood affected areas. There's been a whole bunch of other news flying around as well, but let's have a bit of fun now. Kickstart your weekend the right way. Let's get into it. You're listening to Hack. If Donald Trump wants to put America first, he will not run for the presidency. On Triple J. This music is so hectic. This is going to get me excited for the weekend. Producer AJ is really pumping us up with this one. Yeah, we love it. Sorry, I have to go back to it. Yeah, there we go. Donald Trump is back. He's in the club, apparently. Announcing this week he's running for president again. Things have changed, though. Since the last time, some really powerful people have turned against Donald Trump. So could he do it again? And what are we in for over the next couple of years? My man, the tan is back. So is Trumpy. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Australian billionaire Gina Reinhart was a surprise guest at Mar-a-Lago for Donald Trump's announcement. Right now, it seems like Donald Trump has like a bigger hold on like the the people. And I'll go ahead and say right now. President Trump has my full endorsement and my support. I hope as well he doesn't do too well, but I would personally take anybody over Trump, and hopefully that's what we get. On Triple Jack. Yeah, a bit of a flashback. Maybe you'd forgotten what he sounded like. Do you think Donald Trump's actually in with a chance? And are you ready for the drama and the chaos that he always brings? Do you think it'll affect politics here in Australia? Call in one 536 you can message in as well, 0439 We need to get into it with the Shake Up crew. We've got Emma Gillespie from Mamma Mia and Brooklyn Ross from Kiss FM. Em, you ready for the Trump show again? Oh, my God, David. The worst part about this is that normally the nominees don't come forward until much closer to the actual election, which um, I'll remind you is in 2024. So the fact that this has come out right off the back of the midterms means that not only are we back in for Trump dominating the news cycle yet again, but we're going to have to put up with it for a really long time. Hey, and someone on the text line says, well, this is Luke from Bendigo. Trump still has a few more to go before he hits the same amount as the comeback king, a.k.a. John Farnham. That is true. Brooklyn, do you think Donald Trump could be president again? Oh, I reckon it's pretty unlikely, but we all thought that the first time around, didn't we? This is his third time trying to become president. And the difference this time around is that Rupert Murdoch doesn't seem keen on him. He's switched. He's turned against Trump. He's backing some other guy from Florida. That was interesting, wasn't it? That was fascinating. Like all of these Trump allies, especially the Rupert Murdoch media empire, the headlines were pretty brutal. Like the New York Post just had a line at the bottom of the front page the day he made the big announcement saying, Florida man makes announcement. (laughs) Like pretty generic. And then they were, like, comparing him to Humpty Dumpty. I don't know. Like, it's it's tricky. Do you think that's going to change things, Em? He's really only got one fierce competitor, and it's a sort of a catch-22 situation because this Ron DeSantis guy 
is the most popular aside from Trump. And if DeSantis becomes the presidential nominee, then he has a really, really good chance of becoming the president. And then if Donald Trump becomes the presidential nominee, Biden will likely go for a second term and it will be down to the wire, but maybe he'll lose. So it's this awkward situation of maybe hoping that Trump will be the nominee because he might be the one that's most likely to lose. It's a mess. Oh, it is a mess. There are a heap of things out there, like in his speech and stuff, when he started to speak and announce it all. I, I kind of, I know it hasn't been that long, but I'd forgotten a few of his little traits and stuff, like the ridiculous statements. And in the lead up to the midterms, he said this. Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. <laughs> Brooklyn, is that just genius, really? Well, that's Trump from when he was the TV star. Like, that's the Trump I think people do like and enjoy. Like, he's funny. Um, but he's so dangerous as as seen by the insurrection of the Capitol. Like, that is the guy we're talking about here. We cannot, like, America cannot have him in again, surely. And this just becomes an enormous distraction from the looming indictments that are surely coming. This man will be arrested in time. He stole all these secret papers from the White House that have nuclear information on them. So I think, is it all an elaborate ruse to distract from that? Who knows? We've got a few messages on the text line. Um, some people messaging in supporting Trump, saying he's a legend, he did great job on the economy, um, that they think that, you know, he'll do really well. Others with a very different opinion, they're saying, no, we don't want this again. Like Em said, a heap of people out there are saying that, you know, with all these investigations into Trump, Brooklyn, that maybe he's just doing this to protect himself from going yeah, to jail. Yeah, it's a good way of saying, look, they're just coming after me because I'm running for president again. Uh, but yeah, I think the Republican Party has to move on and kind of is starting to move on and and saying that we want to have a serious party again. We, we have plans for the future of America and they don't have to involve Trump and his craziness to get there. What about Ivanka Trump and the daughter of snubbing her dad big time? Like, was a big figure in the Trump presidency last time and now saying, look, I'll always love and support my dad, but going forward, I'm going I'm to do it from outside the political arena. He does seem to be on his own, even with his family, right? Yeah, it seems that he has lost some of those supporters. So, you know, his daughter was one of his senior aides in the White House. She was there in the West Wing with him the whole way through and now she's pulled out. She says she wants to focus on her family. But what we have to remember is the base, the Republican base in America still really, really favour this guy. He has an 80% approval rating. That's only down from like his peak of 90%. So in the scheme of his tenure in US politics, he's very much well liked by the base of voters. And when I talk about the base, I mean, you know, the guys on Twitter with the American flag in the Twitter bio, the the guns, freedom guys, you know, the type. Yeah, I, I understand. Someone on the text line says, oh my gosh, no, never go back, no Trump. Again, there are some others that are saying, no, support Trump. We've got another person on the text line saying, in 2024, Donald will be as old as Biden in 2020. I wonder if we'll be subjected to all the old man memes with him. Where are the younger candidates? Is that something yeah. you think about, Brooklyn, when you look at kind of politics just generally around the world? Well, absolutely, especially in America. And I think it's just because it requires so much money to run, that if you're young, you're just not going to have as much. So you're stuck with these sort of 70, 80-year-olds in there 
Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's pretty bad. Can I ask you a question, Em? There was another story out today um, out of the midterm elections. There was all this confusion because Republicans maybe didn't do as well as they thought they would in those elections in the US, Conservatives. And so this line came out that the biggest threat to Conservative politics is young single women and that they were turning against <laughs> Conservative politics in droves. That argument and discussion then came over to Australia. It was, you know, in some News Corp papers, editorials yep. written about it. Did you see that? And if you saw it, what did you think? I did see a bit of that coverage. And in terms of in the US specifically, what that's referring to is the fact that they had the highest turnout of women voters in their midterms than ever before. When I say highest turnout, it's only 42% participation, which for us here with crazy, compulsory right? voting is crazy, right? But that was women's protest against overturning Roe v. So it's not that they're a threat to anyone's democracy. If anything, it's a healthier, more robust democracy when people yeah, feel more and more compelled to head to the polling booths and have their voices heard. Text line, a mixed bag. As I said, someone says Trump's a beast, made everything and everyone better. Another person, please, no Trump. So mm. we've got everyone's opinions How coming is the through. difference between our two big Western Australian billionaires in mining this week? We have Andrew Twiggy Forrest donating a heap of money to rebuild Ukraine. Like, you know, he really likes to make himself loved amongst the community. And then you've got Gina Reinhart at the oh, yes. at the announcement for Donald Trump. She like, was at the announcement. There was a cheeky photo there showing Gina present. Yeah, I, I, I guess that is true, just polar opposite kind of activities that they're mm, getting up to. Yeah. Someone else on the text line says, Trump's backup plan is a regular spot on Neighbours. That was James in Bundjalung <laughs> country. And that brings me to my next point. Speaking of comebacks... Guys, Neighbours is coming back after all that. I know. I watched watched that finale episode and I was quite satisfied. For nothing. You watched it for nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I never, like, watched Neighbours at all as a kid, but I watched that one too and, you know, there was a lot of nostalgia even though I'd never watched it. But then... People are angry, like Neighbours fans are actually angry. They're like, what is this about? We'd dealt with it and they're back. I know. We had Toadie on our radio show, Kyle and Jackie O, this morning and we were, as he was about to come on, we were like, why did we have that finale for? And then he came on he's like, oh, thanks, guys. Like, I just got my job back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's when you think of it like that, that is yeah. quite a nice angle. But uh, It is, I guess. The bait and switch, getting people invested, then they pour themselves emotionally into, okay, this is it, we've got to get around it. Now it's coming back. This is what happened with the Kardashians. They said they weren't going to make their show anymore. Boom, just pop up on another network. So do you reckon, Em, that this was a bit of a strategic move, the whole farewell? I mean, surely Kylie didn't know. Yeah, I wonder (laughs) if it's just that they realised after it was gone because they have an enormous UK audience. And I wonder if maybe the demand has just come out since then from the overseas audience and... Amazon Prime is swooping in and they'll be broadcasting it in the US and the UK. And so maybe then it's just like, oh, well, we might as well put it on Mm. Aussie screens. But I think maybe the Heartland audience is not actually here. And I think there's a lot of competition between the TV apps at the moment and they need content wherever they can find it. So Amazon has come along and said, oh, there's a show that we could revive for a bit and put some money into. Hey, well, it's coming back next year. Whew, time to move on. On hack. I only do it when there is an Instagram emergency. Yes, this chick. On Triple J. Fubbing. Let's be honest, it's a weird word and it sounds a bit rude. 
But it's something most of us do quite frequently. Snubbing family, mates for our phones. Why chat to your loved ones when you can check the weather app for the 30th time in a day? And yeah, we know it can be rude. Apparently, though, it can also destroy relationships. Are we in too deep, though? Can we ever stop fubbing? Hack. I read about this new trend called fubbing. That's when you snub fubbing. Oh. I-N-G. Oh. <laughs> She said something else. I was to say, that is not a new trend. I recently broke up with my girlfriend because she's always on her phone. Well, you want to know something that traumatizes me? What? what? Being ignored. Girl, I do. I'm so bad at this, you guys. Wait, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I have to be honest. I sometimes feel like my phone is a security blanket. On Triple J. Yeah, I want to know, are you a serial fubber? You know, it's bad, but you just can't stop. Has it led to a big blow-up? in your relationship, or maybe you're one of those people always tearing into your mates about it. Get off your phone. Well, actually, it's time to get on your phone right now. Permission to fub, one 555 You can call in, you can message in as well, 0439757555. I suspect these two are going to have a lot to say about this one. Our Shake Up crew, Kiss FM newsreader Brooklyn Ross, Mamma Mia journalist and podcast host M Gillespie. Brooklyn, you love a good fub? Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fubber, uh, especially at night. I just like to fub in bed. All right. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. But me and my boyfriend both do it, and it and it's TikTok, right? Yeah. TikTok, you just like get addicted to it, and you can't tear yourself away from that thing. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it has impacted our relationship. Like we spend less quality time talking and just being present with one another. Because, and I'm telling you, to me, it's all about TikTok. Okay, that's just so, you, that's all you're doing. Because when yeah, I'm on my phone, I'm on everything. Like the, I said before, I'm on the weather app. I'm just yeah, checking everything. I can pull myself away from that pretty easily, okay. the weather. Yeah. But yeah, TikTok and Instagram reels really gets you. Em, is this something that gets you fired up? I try not to do this. I'm very conscious of it. I definitely do it at home with my partner a lot more than anywhere else. I also think it's a sign of how comfortable you are with someone. Because if I go to dinner with a group of friends, maybe good friends, but not besties, or you haven't seen each other for a while, I'm really focusing on trying not to be touching my phone. But if I'm out to dinner with one of my best mates or someone in my family or whatever, it's like... What have we got to say to each other anyway? That's yeah, interesting. That is the problem then, isn't it? Uh, well, psychologists said, yeah, the more we know someone, the better we know someone, the worse we treat them. Yeah. So in a so weird, true. in a weird way, it's kind of a compliment to be fubbing with someone. If you're fubbing in front of someone, it shows that you really feel comfortable with them. Bit of a a weird way of looking at it. Um, But there has been all this research into it, like finding it can lead to a vicious cycle of resentment, retaliation. Have you felt that before, Brooklyn, like being the victim of fubbing? Yeah, I think when you see someone you're with doing it, you just think, oh, well, I'll just pick up my phone. And then it's like you have to wait until there's a moment where you both put down your phone and make some eye contact where yeah. you you get you get yourself out of it. So I'd like to know anyone's suggestions on <laughs> on how to combat the fubbing epidemic. It's there's a whole range of studies that are looking into it. I didn't realize how comprehensive they are wow. and they stretch around the world and we spoke to some psychologists on hack this week. Apparently 18 to 25 year olds, no surprise there, biggest culprits. Does that make sense though? I mean in the sense that do you think 
that young people see this kind of behaviour differently? Like, obviously, parent, grandparents going to be horrified if you pick up your phone at the table, but I, maybe an 18 to 25-year-old, not so much. I was actually going to say the opposite. I think the worst offenders of this are boomers. My parents are boomers and God bless them, I love them. Dad's probably listening. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for tuning in. My dad, you'll be out for coffee or whatever with him. Same with my mum. And he'll just be checking the score on a sports game, watching a sports game, reading something. My mum will be like, oh, yeah, I'm just messaging so-and-so. And it's like, excuse me, yeah, mums, I'm here. Mums are on their messaging because just typing a text message can often take them 15 minutes. Oh, that's what the I index found. finger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's a long process. Danny from Frankston says, my partner thinks I'm a fubber. Like right now, I'm sitting in the car, driving to a gig. I'm texting Triple J. Sorry, babe, it is an issue. Someone Illegal. Illegal. <laughs> Illegal should go to jail. Someone else says, hey, Dave, what's the difference between reading a book in bed or on the couch or using your phone in the same situation? Either way, you're ignoring your partner. And another person says... Just put the phone down and talk to someone. Oh, that's uh, no, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to be hardline. I think like intermittent check a notification, quickly reply to something. You know what I did find interesting that the psychologist said. She said apparently we're so addicted to the dopamine that we get when our phones go off that a lot of people feel phantom vibrations. So you think your phone's gone off, but it hasn't. So that happens to you, Em. All the time, I'll hear a little creak. What or was a, that? Or a, <laughs> or an, like grab it and I'm like, it's mine. And then I'll be like, everyone, stop what you're doing. It's someone's phone. Someone's phone is vibrating and everyone starts checking their phones and it's no one. It's just a ghost. Brooklyn, are you? do you ever like have very clear time away from the phone? You go out to dinner or do something and you think, I'm, I'm not even taking it with me. Can you do that? Oh, not taking your phone with you? No, it's that seems move. quite extreme, doesn't it? What if there's an emergency? Who are you, Dave Marchese? I know, I know. Well, apparently if a boss does it in a workplace, the workers trust them less. So if the boss is fubbing or the employees think, Oh, nah. that's definitely true. I know people around the workplace who do it and, and yeah, you want them to be paying you proper attention, don't you? Yeah. We've got some more messages coming through. Someone says, burn all the phones. Another person said, I had to stop being friends with someone as every time we met up, she'd be texting on her phone. What's the point of meeting up if you'll be on your phone the whole time? Another person says, phone addiction is a real problem and one we don't talk about enough or even at all, really. All of these so-called social media apps are designed to attract and hold as much of your attention mm. as possible. Some good books written on that. We spoke about that on Hack earlier this year and another person says nah this is so bad my partner and I uh, have an unwritten rule about if we do it if we do the phones we do it together Michael Hing on Triple J Drive was telling us earlier that he has a rule with his partner that if they're both fubbing they have to come back with good content to show each other so it's kind of like you're at work so if you're distracted on your phone it's kind of like a a bit of a game you need to at the end of it have some great piece of quality content at TikTok whatever to show the other person. If you're going to ignore me, it better be a great meme. Actually, this happened to me yesterday. I found a video of a baby elephant being born at Melbourne Zoo and I was definitely ignoring my boyfriend and then I was like, but wait, it's a baby elephant. Of course. Yeah, mine would always just be little Pomeranian dogs like jumping around with some like (laughs) circus music in the background. Oh, it's very cute. Apparently as well, we make excuses for uh, checking the weather and like um, doing all that stuff. We've always got to be like, oh, I've, I've got to see how far away the Uber is. The psychologist was talking about how we we excuse our bad mm. behaviour and she likened it to 
if you're in traffic and some, if you cut someone off, for instance, in traffic or do something, you'll always make an excuse for it and be like, well, I'm in a hurry. I've got to get there. Or um, they left a big enough gap. You'll never just admit that, you know, you were you're doing a bad the wrong driver. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. I want to go to a caller now. Paige is on the line. Hey, Paige, what do you think of all this? Hey, babe. Um, so I have a massive issue with technology these days. Uh, it wrecked my head. Um, I'm only 28 years old and my ex-partner, I was with him for five years and the whole relationship, he was just constantly on his phone, um, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, 24-7 to the point where like, I didn't exist. And obviously that relationship didn't end well. Yeah. And my new partner that I've been with, love him to bits, same thing phone all the time and I have the biggest anxiety with that now that I've had to actually delete my Facebook, my Instagram, my Snapchat. I've completely gone off the grid so I can find myself. But he hasn't, right? Yeah, like it's just, it's it's exhausting. Like it's it's the fact that we're less than a technology piece, it's hard. Like we're human and the phones always get put before us. No, Paige. And my partner hates it. Like he loves his phone, he loves gaming and all that stuff. And I'm always like, get off your bloody phone. Yeah, of course. And so many people are saying the same thing, Paige. But uh, yeah, so your partner's still with the technology, right? You're off it, but they're still on it. Yes, yes. Like Mm. get back to your humanity. Like feel yourself, get back to yourself, go camping. Like get off your bloody phone. But when you tell them to get off their phone, they go, Oh, you're insecure. No, man. Like, I just lost you. Like, I need you yeah, back with me. Like, you're just always on your phone, bro. Get off it. My boyfriend's a bit the same. He's very protective if you ever bring it up. Like, he doesn't want to admit that he's Which ties into what that psychologist is saying. Yeah. Like, we feel that we have to make the excuse because deep down we know what we're doing is wrong. That's so true. Paige, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate your experience on that. Another person on the text line says, can't fub if I've got no friends. Ah, come on, surely. There's always an excuse. Even with no friends, there's plenty to do on your phone. Someone else says, I love and hate QR codes for menus in restaurants because it makes fubbing so easy yes, right at the beginning I hate of catch-ups. That's true actually. It's like an excuse to pull out your phone, you've checked the menu and then all of a sudden you're on the apps, you're looking at this, you're going for it. Another person, Jessin Nam, says my parents are the worst. Mummy's always on her phone when we're out, no matter where or when. And someone else, you got to separate yourself from your phone if you want to talk to someone. It's true. It's good advice. And people are also just asking about the name. Wasn't sure what fubbing was, so looked it up. Fubbing, something completely different. Yeah, fubbing with an F is different to fubbing <laughs> with a PH, apparently. So maybe don't look that one I up. I still at feel work. don't feel brave enough to say it. I'm NSFW. The name doesn't need to change, Brooklyn. <laughs> no, leave it as it is. Leave it Makes as it, it is. Makes it more fun. All right, time to move on. Pack. There's so many ways you can be stingy, and being stingy is tied to the word reluctant. On, on Triple J. J. When you do something really good, is it fair to expect a really good reward? Because there was a lot of talk about this this week around the world. This was going global, guys, because there was a story out of Germany that got people talking. A man found a little piece of paper. He's out on a walk, found a little piece of paper, saw it flapping in the breeze, picked it up. It was a cheque for $7 million. <laughs> Imagine. So it was made out to the lolly company Haribo. The guy called them, said, hey, I found your cheque. And they were so thankful. Oh, my gosh, thank you so much. They got his details. They said, we'll send you a reward. And they did. Six bags of gummies was the reward. (laughs) The guy, a bit underwhelmed, said, yeah, I thought it was a bit cheap. 
What do you think? Should the company have given him a bit of cash? Have you ever been really disappointed with someone's thanks for a big gesture you've made? Or maybe it's the opposite. You've been blown away by their generosity. I'm keen to hear from you. 0439757555. Need to throw this one out to M Gillespie and Brooklyn Ross. M. Was the company Haribo being tight here? First question is, are we still doing checks? I mean, <laughs> what's going on That's there? true, actually. It was from, and by the way, people are like, what was that check? It was a big supermarket giant and it was made out to the company. So the guy, even though it was a check for $7 million, he couldn't go and get the money. Right. Yeah, he um, couldn't walk into ComBank and say, nah. uh, hey, my name is Mr Haribo, can nah. you just put this into my account? Exactly. He couldn't do that. But still, the company was a bit freaked out about it and they mm. said, can you destroy the check? Can you show us evidence that you've destroyed the check? All of the rest. I and- think if they're, if they're asking extra work of him... And, it, like, this is not someone finding a wallet on the side of the road and handing it into a police station. Like, we're talking about $7 million. So I think that the gift of a couple of packets of gummy bears, while delicious, <laughs> is sort of a bit of a slap in the face. I think nothing would have been better. But that being said, it's not that this guy shouldn't have done what he did. Like, you shouldn't have to be motivated by reward to do the right thing. I just think, hmm, multi-million dollar confectionery company... Give me at least a year's supply of gummy bears. Hey, that's <laughs> – and, you know, it's – yeah, $3 yeah, billion we, dollar company. What do we want this guy to get, like a million dollars or something? Like, <laughs> I want him to get anything. the $7 million. Is that too much to ask? More gummy bears. <laughs> Brooklyn, you don't think he had a right to feel a bit disappointed? Oh, not really. Just because of the actual situation, being a check, you can't really do anything with it. They surely could have cancelled that check as well, right? But don't you reckon they just missed out on a huge PR opportunity for the company? Like, if they'd done something – like, you know, a bit grand or said, oh, tell us your favourite charity, we're going to make a big donation. As Em said, yeah, multi-billion dollar company. Nice. Everyone would have been like, we love this but company. You know what? If that but now happened- when you buy those gummies, you're going to think, this is the tight-ass company. You know what? If something normal like that had happened, we wouldn't be talking about it now. So they're kind of getting the publicity for being the cheapskates. Mm, that's very true. You're right there. Have you done any good deeds lately, Em? Oh, on the spot. Wow, yeah. <laughs> just me, Mother Teresa, day in, day out. You're like, I prefer to keep them under yeah, um, Dave, I don't key. actually need to broadcast publicly to virtue <laughs> signal my good deeds. I'm comfortable going to bed with who I am every night. Yeah, fair enough. I knew that was you. Brooklyn. I actually found $5 on the street the other day and I just put it in my pocket. Well, what were you supposed to do with well, it? Well, you could have well, donated it or something. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Donated. That's a pretty rare thing now. To find money on the street is always yeah. rare, but in this cashless society or whatever... Um, you know, you don't you don't see that stuff. Yeah, it's more very financial often. crimes. You need to be a hacker to make any spare cash now. Don't do financial don't. crimes. We do not. We do not condone hacking to make any sort of money. This Let's show make. is called hack. <laughs> yeah, the good hack, not the bad hack, Brooklyn. On the text line, someone says shouldn't be rewarded for doing the right thing. Another person says the guy wasn't owed anything. He obviously didn't do it for the good feels. If he's complaining about the reward, and another person, we found a phone at the beach and the guy tried to give us money for it when we gave it back. That's really that's really nice. Like when, yeah, when that happens, sure. are you often surprised them by the good deeds that people do, how honest people are sometimes? It's always in the news. 
all the bad things that happen, but yeah. humanity's I think good. ultimately, like at the end of the day, most people are good and decent in their hearts. I mean, we see it with all of the flood chaos that's happening around the country. There's always these amazing stories coming out of communities. But in terms of supplementary prizes, I was thinking on the way here about when I was a little kid, I entered this competition and the prize was like a family trip to Universal Studios in America and all this amazing wow. stuff. And the second prize was a SpongeBob SquarePants DVD. <laughs> <laughs> That's and I, so disappointing. Um, I came second. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. I didn't need Universal Studios, but I don't know, maybe a few DVDs. That's or not gummy good bears. at all. Have you ever <laughs> won big? Big winner? Oh, big. Uh, not that I know of. Just, mm. I guess, just, you know, in life, I'm pretty healthy, happy. I feel like I'm a winner. Hey. That's a nice you've way got to, to look, at awesome. look at the wins, right? We're just leaving you with some good thoughts as we head into the weekend, everyone. Some positive energy. It worked for, you know, this multi-billion dollar company. They got their <laughs> check back. It's working for Brooklyn Ross. All right, got to say, it's happened again. We're out of time. It's been so good to chat to our Shake Up guests. Huge thanks again. Presenter journalist at Mamma Mia, Emma Gillespie, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Dream come true. Dream come true. Kiss FM newsreader, Brooklyn Ross. Thanks, David. Keep on hacking. Keep on hacking. Yeah. Hack. In a good way. Hack on Triple J. And a big, big thanks to the hardworking Hack crew, our executive producer, Claire Bloomer, senior producer, Serge Negus, and extra production by AJ Williams, all of our amazing reporters as well. That's all we've got time for on the podcast for now. Hack will be back on Monday. Catch you then.